0: G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up again with American West Metals. Code ASX is AW1, trading at around 12 cents for a market cap of $52 million. I'm sure listeners will remember this one is being well followed by the market because of uh, its activity in uh, Nunavut, in the uh, northern Arctic archipelago of uh, northern Canada, where it has the exciting storm project, with, which it's uh, notched up a resource, and a maiden resource, and uh, 2024 is shaping up as a big one because the company has recently raised $10 million and it's got a, a full program of work at the storm project itself, plus the exploration potential of what along this 100-kilometre uh, corridor that the uh, company's uh, got its footprint on. So with that, I'm going to uh, introduce Dave O'Neill. Dave is the Managing Director of the company, and he's with us today. G'day, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Barry. Thanks for having me. All right. uh, Dave, um, let's uh, tick something off first. What's the temperature in uh, Nunavut today? Be minus 30 or something, would it?
1: Well, um, no, it's surprisingly warm. And... Um, all reports from from Resolute, which is just north of us, is that the the ice is already cracking, and there's a significant crack in the sea ice, which suggests that we might have an early season this year for shipping, etc. So, it's remarkably um, mild, <laughs> to put it. Yeah,
0: no, it's interesting, uh, Dave. Um, I asked that question because uh, that part of the world is obviously. A bit of an unknown to investors in this market. So I was just wondering um, I know there's about eight mines in that region, some well known names Polaris, Hope Bay, Meadowbank, et cetera. But just give investors a feel for some of the challenges and some of the benefits of exploring in that part of the world.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess, like any part of the, the globe, they all have their local challenges, um, whether in the tropical, um, you know, equator, equatorial region, or in the mountains or somewhere else. But certainly, we do face some challenges, and one of those is obviously the complete darkness during winter, but for 30 days or so. But on the other side of the coin, we get some you know 24 hour sunlight in in um, summer. But it's just like essentially in a mining sense, operating a night shift and a day shift. So uh, it, it, minimal challenges there. Certainly none from an operational and mining perspective. Mines can operate all year round. Uh, exploration wise, we tend to limit the season um, and, and not operate in in the depth of winter purely because we do use some aviation for support and safety, and so we just try, choose not to fly at night, et cetera, just adds additional risk. So, look, we operate it, and we're getting better at it, and um, we are operating a fairly long expiration season now um, and hoping this year to run as long as we can into the back end of the year, um, and certainly eight to 10 months is our objective. But, look, some of the um, the benefits up there is we're above any um, – it's in the Arctic desert, so we have very little stayfall even though it's in the Arctic less than a meter a year. And hence there's no vegetation. And with that comes a lack of you know, animals and flora and fauna and things. So very easy to get around from an exploration and mining sense. Uh, and obviously we're on the coast so there we're, we get the advantages of being, having access to shipping rather than moving things by road or rail, et cetera. So there are some very big advantages to being in that area.
0: And I guess uh, it's not crowded like uh, WA. It's uh, it's allowed a company of your scale to uh, pick up a big land package in uh, with some uh, hot properties across it.
1: Absolutely, and, and look, and that's dead on. We own with our with our joint venture partner Aston Bay, hundred percent of the property, which is over two thousand square kilometres. So, you know, if, again, if you went to a mature um, mining region of the world, you'd find that very difficult to secure that kind of land package. And look. There's some um, other big names getting into the area at the moment as well bhb's been sniffing around for for years and years none of it in northwest territories but they're recently um moving into exploring it 700 kilometers to the northwest of us so even further north and and um you know with that becomes obviously a fair amount of due diligence and, and um you know acceptance of if we find something up there that they can get it out of there they can mine it and then ship it so that's a that's a big tick from us, I guess, in terms of you know um, if they if they can get in there and do it, then we can as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I mentioned in the intro there that you, you'd recently raised ten million dollars, but before just jumping into that, before that raise, where were you at in terms of the uh, this uh, resource that you've established at uh, at the Storm Project?
1: Yeah. So look, we um, just put that out um, early, late January, sorry, this year, which is the maiden resource for Storm, and that was. Um, a significant milestone for the company. I mean, that really sets what we think is the foundations for growth up there, uh, over 200,000 tons of copper, 100% of it open pitable um, at 1.2% copper. So that's certainly going to rank in in some of the higher grade open pit um, development opportunities globally. Um, Yeah, there's ASX companies coming out with slightly higher than that as purely underground resources. So you can see the potential uh, margins that this could do. Um, but the, that's just a starting point. That's really set. Um, we've left a lot of meat on the bone in terms of um, some of the discoveries we made last year, one or two drill holes here and there, not big enough to be defined as resources yet in terms of the amount of drilling done. And so that that's all left out there for us to do this year. And so you can see this thing growing quite rapidly. Um, well, like you said, we... we so, at that point we sort of had the, the three to $4 million still in the bank, um, which is not a, there's no desperation or, or need to for immediate raise, but given the market conditions, um, we, we took advantage of some of the capital that was around and to really set ourselves up there. I think there seemed to be a bit of a, uh, feeling in the market that we were come raising despite having a bit of money, which we had a keeping our, our share price to press. And so the best thing is to do is to shake that off and, um, and this really does now set us up to be able to complete the program with no distractions um, as planned. And shake off that
0: uh, come race tag. The, uh, and, of course, uh, Canada being Canada with its uh, flow-through scheme, um, how did that work for you in this placement?
1: Oh, outstanding. And then like it did at the last time, I mean, this this is such a advantage for people operating in Canada. And, look, none of it gives you approximately 140%... Um, on your money, um, some of the other jurisdictions, depending on your commodity, can give you up to two hundred percent. So it's a no-brainer for an Australian company. There, that money must be spent in Canada, obviously. Um, but given our focus on Storm this year, um, you know, and we have enough enough cash to progress the other two projects as well in the background. Um, but certainly, all the Canadian money will go into Storm.
0: And just so investors know, that uh, allows. The money raised in Canada was at a premium, uh, 14.7 cents a share, which was a premium to the share market. So
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Something Australia should uh, perhaps uh, look at if it wants to encourage more exploration for the critical metals.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well,
0: okay. Now, just on Storm, it's um, it's actually a collection of depo- nearby deposits. Yeah. So you've, you've got, what is it, Sirius, Cyclone, Chinook and Corona.
1: Yeah, storms, the area, uh, and that has now four deposits, which is starting with C, obviously not so much to, to blend with copper, but it was actually available storms. <laughs> but um, we have obviously the, the larger one is cyclone. So that's a large, flat-lying, um, laterally extensive deposit, and that's open in every direction. Mm-hmm. That's a traditional said hosted copper, so very similar to the DRC Botswana. Uh, central african copper belt zambia etc so very similar to those deposits in terms of how it's formed and then we have the other three towards the south and 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 more fault related which is chinook uh sirius and corona and um those three are, are very un, not unusual that they're, they're slightly different to to cyclone and being fault hosted and and the beauty of these deposits is uh the fault network there is about over 10 kilometers in strike and these things um fit very distinct um locations within these faults and we know that these faults continue at least a kilometer in depth and we strongly believe and you see it in other belts in the world so if you go to agnum lunar belt for nickel sulfide you see it uh, abitibi belt for gold and nickel etc is that what you find at surface generally you find in the next you know parameter space down going 100 meters down 100 meters further etc etc so So those faults are highly prospective for these um, other style of deposits, whereas the cyclone deposit, the large flat line one, um, you might remember last year we did some exploration drilling and found high grade um, copper sulfide mineralization at about 300 vertical meters depth. So we think the cyclone is actually part of a stack system and there's actually a couple of these prospective layers, a bit like a big flat line cake um, at depth. And so... We've got a lot to do, um, and so look, the exploration is going to be very focused on expanding those current deposits. We, all of those deposits are open, um, and so more drilling to 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 expand those. But then also exploring this amazing um, exploration space in the storm area as well. So, um, so that will really shape our program this year. And then obviously, there's storms. One part of, as you mentioned earlier, these very big, much bigger belt. In fact, only about five percent is really drill tested, and so. If we can confirm another storm-style group of deposits within the belt, then that's obviously going to um, you know, accentuate the um, exploration potential. And and um, people, if we've got X amount of tons at storm, people can quickly see, well, it's going to be double that or triple that, et cetera. So um, that's going to be the key strategy for us is really expanding the resources but also continuing that exploration. I think you know this is a, a long-term play storm is really just we just nicked the um, top of the iceberg and so um, expect this to be a very long lived project uh, and hopefully you know decades worth of copper exploration.
0: On the exploration front uh, there's already been indications of mineralization at three or four. I'm thinking of the Gap, Thunder, Lightning Ridge, Cyclone, well obviously Cyclone North extension. Uh, So beyond that there is this untested uh, potential elsewhere on the on the permit area so do you have some sort of idea of will you be following up those ones where there's already been indications of mineralization plus absolute greenfield stuff
1: absolutely yes yeah i mean that's that's the key and i think the greenfield stuff um there will be a little bit of that but i think that's probably lower you know it doesn't add as much value immediately and so Blizzard and typh- t- tornado, sorry, you get mixed up with all these names, but Blizzard and tornado are about five to ten kilometers long. Stripe from storm to the east, and so they, the geology that there is virtually identical to storm. Um, it's it, there's copper sticking out of the ground very much like storm did back, you know, in, in the initial discoveries. There's a, a, a couple of different types of geophysical anomalies, EM and, and gravity, in that area as well. And all of these coincident. So we've got geochem at surface with copper, very strong copper. We have gravity and we have EM, the three that actually define the deposits at Storm. And so that area is a no-brainer to get more high-resolution geophysics and to, and a drawing in there to start fleshing that, that 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 out. And then we have Tempest, of course, which is another forty kilometres um, to the south. The, the copper belt bends around and does a bit of an elbow there and heads directly south. Uh, in the store, tornado and um, blizzard areas. And so, and that, as, as we've talked about and released the information on last year, is also very exciting. Um, slightly different to Storm where we have 30% copper sticking out of the ground, but we also have 30% zinc sticking out of the ground. So it's got a, a unique blend of zinc and copper. Or whether it's, um, you know, some of the seal type zinc deposit stratigraphy coming in there and touching getting close to the copper horizon or whether it's a, a new style of deposit. Um, you know, we know that there are VMS, there is VMS potential in the area. So it could actually be a, uh, you know, a um, zinc, lead, copper, gold type uh, situation down in that part of the world. So, look, we, yeah, a lot of work to do down to there to kind of flesh it out, the geology and get a bit more information on it. But it's super exciting.
0: All right. So the, obviously, main intention this year, upgrade the... Uh... The storm resource would that be towards the end of this year?
1: That's right. Oh, well, that work will, will commence immediately. So the, the first rig to get on site will begin that work because it's um it it's that potential is immediate there. And you know, I think as big as we can get the thing this year is really going to um pay us back and add that valuation that we that we're looking for. And so I'd imagine that um we'll let the resource work run out till the back end of the season before putting out an update because there's no sense capping it at any point um, if it's continuing to grow. Um, And likely the exploration will run in parallel with that. So uh, we plan to have two RC rigs on site this year. And uh, as a reminder, the RC rig really did boost production and give us that close to 10,000 meters of drilling last year. So the aim is to double that this year Uh, and also get the diamond rigs working as well so the two rc rigs will work on resource expansion uh the near mine or in the storm style near surface exploration and then the diamond rig will do um more regional work and also the deeper uh, exploration as well whilst also adding value on the mining sense so doing some geotech and metallurgy and you know the things you consider boring from exploration sense but uh Certainly very valuable
0: uh, data sets for the um, development potential. And I guess we're uh, pulling uh, you know, early stage economic studies as well.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that um, the next news we hope to put out is uh, an update on the metallurgical work that we've been working on for months and months, but uh, uh, all for good reason. And obviously with the resource growth last year, um, the change of different ore types, et cetera, we, want, we wanted to make sure we covered off as many beneficiation techniques um, to get the best result for um, the metallurgical test work and also the economic study. So that's been all running in the background. And um, certainly I think once we put out some metallurgical results, people will be able to make some very clear economic assumptions around you know what that thing would cost, cost to running the thing, and then match that with the resource potential and can come up with their own numbers. But we'll be running that um, the economic studies um, in the background as we have been.
0: Mm, okay. Uh- the company has said previously that um, there's obviously potential here for a low-cost, high-margin operation. Just run through um, why that is the case.
1: Yeah, well, Storm's very unique in terms of its dep- as a deposit because it has um, the predominant copper sulfide is chalcocite, and that's 80 percent copper. Um, so that we're very we're blessed with it. probably the one of the best performing copper sulfides. When you mix that with the rock type which it hosted, which is a simple dolomite slash limestone, it's very um, two very distinctly geophysical and um, physical properties differences. So, twice as dense as the other. So, and the way it forms, it doesn't form like disseminated sulfide and porphyry where you have to grind it very finely to be able to liberate the sulfide because the, the sulfides occur in veins. So there's massive sulfides, etc. It's very easy to liberate in a mechanical sense. That's the work we're doing is that what is the best way to do that what's the grain size that works best to give us the uh, recoveries and the concentrate grade that we want? because the work we've shown before that certainly on the high grade parts of the whole we can do a 50 percent concentrate but um, that's that'll be a premium product. so why not dumb that down and and um, do a lower cost <laughs> with a typical type concentrate grade in the 20 to 30 percent range. So these are all the things we've been playing with but um, Look, we're very fortunate that the storm um, immunization does beneficiate mechanically, um, and the work has shown that. So that's our focus. That's the unicorn because if we can avoid a hydrometallurgical plant, traditional flotation plant saves on capital, it saves on um, footprint. so it's no tailings and no reagents. so it's it's a it's a much um, more highly ESG credentialed operation from go from the start. So, that's our focus. That's continued to be our focus. With that is the order of magnitude lower capital and uh, oper- operational running costs. So, um, you know, that's what we're driving towards.
0: Yeah. Starting out with a good grade too. Um, that 1.2% copper, I think, global average nowadays is about, what, 0.05? Like that.
1: That's right. And and look, obviously, the, the large percentage of the data is made up by the lower-grade porphyries and, and things like that. But um, as some of these African copper mines you know they're they're in that kind of one to 1.5 percent copper range so clearly um storm being very similar to those sits right in the guts of those kind of that grade range and so um not unexpected but um look some of the things like thunder um have the potential to really increase that grade by bringing those things into resources so that you know that's why we'll be focused on those areas as well this year
0: just a reminder thunder was the one where i think you reported was it around 48 meters at three percent copper
1: yes yep that was a am anomaly and um yeah and uh looking forward to drilling that out this year
0: right so uh, that was from a, uh, a short and sharp campaign was it or at well, that,
1: that was part of um the the deeper exploration program last year we we try to get clever and do, I guess, two birds with one stone. So every drill, every meter up here, we we obviously try and um, do the best we can with, you know, you, you, with a limited season up there last year, we wanted to maximize our drilling costs and obviously um, what we were drilling. And so it had two targets to drill a near surface EM anomaly, but also test this deeper, the um, fault in the Southern grub, and they at depth. And so, the drill hole did both and on the way down to hitting this uh, you know it got a, a couple of meters of one percent copper at depth that traditional said hosted copper at depth we actually hit this um this near surface cracking EM anomaly which gave us that the 48 meters and three percent copper so we did get two birds with one stone uh, and one of the a very pretty bird um, which is thunder so <laughs> we definitely want to uh put it and look there's a couple of other drill holes historical holes um in the area. That was sort of just just chipping away at some other sort of EM anomalies, and one well, of them got actually plus twenty percent copper in that drill hole about over a meter, but really hadn't hit the the guts of the the EM anomaly, which we managed to do with um, one of our drill holes last year.
0: Right. Okay, well, good stuff. Now um, it's uh, probably a, a quick mention of uh, the A down there in uh, Utah. What's uh, what's uh, the, what's the Ford program in twenty four there?
1: Well, definitely. Look, they're very exciting projects in their own right and probably would need another podcast but um certainly west desert um we're looking at we're doing the things behind the scene to do de- risk the permitting side of things which is environmental work archaeological work uh some water work um that's shaping up really nicely uh, that's just a reminder i mean west desert occupies only um 10 of a porphyry there it's porphyry related very similar to bingham canyon it's a copper molybdenum porphyry and we've West Desert deposits just sits on the margin there. So only 10% of that porphyry margin has been explored and that's where the West Desert sits. So there's a lot of work to do there. Um, But as storm progresses, we'll be just, that'll be simmering. We're doing a little bit of met work there as well. Um, And the other project is near Lisbon Valley copper mine and that's Copper Warrior. And uh, we did a bit of a scout reconnaissance exploration drilling program at the back end of last year. And that had some highly positive results. Three of the holes near the main mineralizing structure that the Lisbon Valley fault hit copper and some of them had hit significant silver as well so um, there's every indication that we have got a sniff of another Lisbon Valley style deposit in that area um, we own that project 100% it's only 15 kilometers from Lisbon Valley mine which is Utah's second largest copper mine um, they have run out of war essentially at that operation and are madly exploring around so this has significant value to us and we'll put um, hopefully another very low cost um, cheap and cheerful exploration program down there during the year as well to, to advance
0: that project. Interesting stuff again. So, Dave, let's just uh, finish up with uh, giving investors an idea of the news flow they should expect uh, for the rest of the year.
1: Well, look, yeah, um, we'll be back up and running Storm very, very soon during March. So we'll be opening the camp um, hopefully midway during March and then Immediately after that, we'll have the exploration uh, and resource growth um, activities straight underway there. So expect regular news flow from that. Uh, We also have an update on the metallurgical test work that we've been doing uh, in terms of the mechanical beneficiation work on the storm ores. So we hope to get that out to the market as soon as we can. Um, And then all through that, obviously, there'll be updates on um, mining-related activities like economic studies, um, anything else that sort of pops up. And then, um, so it's going to be storm-centric news for the next, certainly the next few months, and then interlaced with bits from West Desert and, and Copper Warrior, as we progress those in the background as well.
0: Yeah, great summary there, Dave. Um, and we'll just finish up with, um, yeah. Copper seems to be everyone's favourite, the metal going forward, BHP, the other day. they previously tipped a, what they call a, a fly-up in the price in the back third of the decade. Uh, but now they're saying that could well be uh, brought forward the, in terms of uh, the incentive price that are needed to ensure the world has the copper it needs as it electrifies. So, And South 32, just on zinc the other day, said they expect 35% higher prices by the end of the decade. So you've got the two right commodities going there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they feel, obviously fits well into our wheelhouse. Um, and look, I think um, we can forecast money prices, et cetera. But as long as we just look after our assets and make sure that we're ready for that, um, one thing I remind you is the storm resource is done on highly conservative numbers, um, including, I mean, the copper price on the day that we put the the resource out. And so we're not doing any forecasting in that sense. And and even still, if we can make these things super high margin as they exist today, then I think that's well for the future.
0: Okay. There you go, folks. One of the more interesting uh, copper stories on the ASX and uh, lots to look forward to as that uh, exploration and resource definition program gets going at Store, and uh, keep an eye on those projects in the USA. So, Dave, with that, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. We'll watch with interest, mate. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate the time. Cheers.